Welcome to the Graphic Campus Podcast, connecting authors with students and teachers. Hi everyone, I'm Rosa Lee, a former teacher, current homeschooler, and one of the founding members of Graphic Campus. Hi, my name is Teresa Yang, and I'm also one of the co-founders of Graphic Campus, and I'm also homeschooling two of our kids, and two of our other kids are back in school. Glad that you could join us today. Hi, my name is Jean Luen Yang. I am the third member of the Graphic Campus podcast. I'm also a cartoonist and a comic book writer. I used to be a high school teacher. I taught high school for 17 years, but I'm still a big supporter of education and a big supporter of Graphic Campus as an organization. Last week, we got a chance to talk about our in-person Young Authors Book Festival, but last year, we switched it around. Yeah, just like everything else got switched around, the Young Authors Book Festival got switched around as well. So we're going to start off our podcast the way we always do, with the cartoonist interviewing the teachers, and then we're going to switch it later and have the teachers interview the cartoonists. So I'm going to start with the interviewer, Mike. Let's remind our viewers of what a Young Authors Book Festival is and what the what the point of it is. So I'll start with Teresa. What is the Young Authors Book Festival and why would a teacher even want to put one on? So the Young Authors Book Festival was a way for schools to come and celebrate with other schools their young authors work. Um, at the end of the year, um, it was a one day, one Saturday, we would get together at one school campus and showcase all of the writing, the best writing that happened that year for that school. Um, those students were pre-selected by their teachers to come and uh, present in in a scheduled read aloud in front of a live audience. We also invited uh, professional authors and literacy nonprofit organizations to present in workshops and give uh, talks about their own writing, their own craft, to kind of motivate our young authors to keep going. It's not about you know the final grade in writing. It's about loving what you're doing and sharing it with others. And I was a part of it. I was a part of it for many years. How many years did you all run it for? Rosa, do you remember how many Yeah, I, we're, we're just planning our fifth one right okay. now. Mm -hmm. So it's been a while. And and I remember being in this, uh, we talked about this last week, but being, being in an environment where there was just a lot of love, a lot of love for books, a lot of love for stories, and a lot of love for, uh, for authors. <laughs> but last year, something happened that made it so that you couldn't run it the way you always did before. You want to talk about that, Rosa? Yes. It was in March of last year when it was just like every single day in March of 2020, it was like more shocking news than the other. Yeah. And every single day, something new got announced how things were closing down, how we are now in a pandemic, and how things that you thought would never happen just was happening. It was kind of that a moment of reorganizing your entire life, first of all, personally, and then with your family, and how you're going to try to do regular everyday things, but now in your own house because you have no idea what is going on outside your house. 
And in the midst of all this, we were planning the Young Authors Book Festival. For a while, we didn't know how to decide what is safer or not safe, what's possible, not possible. It wasn't until probably either end of March or beginning of April that we decided to do a virtual Young Authors Book Festival. Mm -hmm. So we pivoted to a virtual book festival even after a year of meeting regularly with each school coordinator trying to prepare their students' writing. Um, but at the moment that we pivoted, every school was you know, trying to do the same thing for their own classrooms, and it was just a chaotic time for teachers. We wanted to present a virtual festival where the teachers really didn't have to worry about doing very much, and it would kind of give them a sort of break. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a, a day's retreat in writing. We, that's what we wanted to present was just um, a day that the kids would log in with their teachers with, you know, in a community, we would present it in a different way. Mm-hmm. The same kind of festival. Did you look at any models? Were there any other events that had done that by that point that you looked at mm-hmm. to figure yeah. out what to do? We joined as participants in the Kid Lit Festival. I forgot. Uh-huh. It was, and, and they tur- they are virtual as well. Mm-hmm. They had mm-hmm. to go virtual. Too. Actually, every single book festival went virtual. They either canceled or, they canceled, yeah. or went virtual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, Kidlet was probably the one that we hopped onto right away because they were able to switch really fast. Mm-hmm. They were offering this virtual online, so we hopped onto it, mm-hmm. and it was really great. And I know, well Jean, done. you were a participant of that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did one of the lectures yeah. for that. Yeah, I was shocked at how well that was put together. Yeah. And, and how quickly they pivoted it as well. They saw a need in the literary community. They saw a need with teachers and with librarians, and they just worked so hard and so quickly to fill that need. Mm-hmm. So what was the hardest part of planning a, a virtual, oh, not even planning it, but, but pivoting to, to a, a virtual environment? Well, one decision we made was it was not going to be one day. Mm-hmm. And we thought that student attention span was only going to be like an hour. So At we most. <laughs> did one hour a day but for five days Mm -hmm. it was a five-day event and we've never done anything like that also we went completely virtual so we had to figure out how to let all the participants know when to log in Mm -hmm. and how to get into our our we used youtube so how to get onto our youtube link Mm -hmm. so at the time that we we were planning our virtual festival we kept hearing from teachers and from students about the problems on Zoom with intruders. And Zoom bombs. Yes. Mm, And that was definitely um, on our minds as we were planning our very first virtual festival. How could we block these intruders? How could we keep our participants and our presenters safe? (laughs) And it seemed like it worked well. I don't remember any incidents of Zoom bombs this past past time, right? Mm But part of the reason was that we asked all of the presenters to pre-record their presentations. And so um, it was just all on on YouTube. Yeah, and there was no there was no live chatting. It was going not on. an interactive. Yeah, I see. I see. Except for afterwards, we would collect their work. They would send it into us for a raffle. Mm-hmm. There was a motivation to send it. In. What, what were some of the present? Who were some of the presenters, and what were some of the topics? 
Michael Ryther is a classroom teacher, but he's also a musician. He brings his music into the classroom as he teaches language arts and theater. And he has been with us the whole time, I mm-hmm. think, with since the beginning of this book festival. But last year, he pivoted with us and did an amazing job teaching kids how to write a song and how to publish it. Did the whole process. And then at the end of the festival, he shared with us the song that he composed while he was teaching his workshop. And then we aired it at the very end of our book festival. That's great. We want to have everyone here listen to a clip of this because it's so good. great presenters. Even the classroom teacher, Kevin Carroll, and his idea about gratitude and his joy that he shares about just having the idea of things that you're grateful for all throughout your life and how it's life-changing was really inspiring for the kids. He was an adult publisher and he published later on in life. There was also, we also had a high school publisher Mm. and she had published her, I believe her third chapter book. Hannah Hannah Quo. Yeah. Yeah. That was really inspiring for the kids because it just, again, tells you, you could do it at any point in your life. If you worked hard enough, if you put some thoughts down on paper and kept working on it, you can also publish something. And that's, I think, the overall message. Yeah, that's very inspiring. For everybody. So you've touched on this a little bit, but but what were some of the other responses that you got from the virtual book festival? I do remember in our house that our 13-year-old daughter did have a really great response to Kevin Carroll's uh, talk on gratitude as well. Mm-hmm. She ended up bringing up it up uh, a couple of times. So I know it She her. made a journal out of it herself. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, she designed a little like a notebook, a notebook journal mm-hmm. kind of a thing based on the idea of gratitude. And then sold it in her Etsy store. That's right. It sold it in her Etsy store. <laughs> that's really awesome. <laughs> but what were some of the other responses? The pre-recorded aspect of our virtual festival allowed people to have access to it even after it went live, which allowed people to rewind and listen over and then pause. Each of these workshops had an activity that the presenter led the group through, and a lot of them were writing or art or it was some kind of 
you know, active activity. Mm -hmm. And so we had students who were saying that they like the active participation aspect of it, but they also liked the, the fact that they could stop, pause, you know, catch up to what the presenter was doing and then hit play again as they were going through it. But we did also have feedback that they really wanted an interactive aspect. They wanted mm -hmm. to be able to ask questions of the presenters and hear from them, you know, their answers. And so that's one of the things that we will be doing this year mm -hmm. to okay. introduce that interactive part. So you are doing it again as a virtual book festival. Yes, we are. we are planning it right now. <laughs> we are so excited about this year's book festival. We have a great lineup of presenters again this year. Some of them are returning from previous festivals, and some of them are new, but it's an amazing group of of creators. We have authors and illustrators and poets, poets and teachers and it's just an amazing group. Ready? Our registration forum is now live on our website. You can find us at www.youngauthorsbookfestival.org. You all talked about an interactive part of this year's virtual festival. How's that going to look? So the entire festival will be on Zoom and participants will be able to interact in their breakout sessions for each workshop. And so they will be um, able to just interact with the presenter directly in those breakout sessions. With the keynote speakers, they will have an opportunity to be to chat with the presenter. They, there will be a Q&A session at the end of their keynote. That sounds awesome. Give, give the URL again of where people can go if they want to sign up. It's at youngauthorsbookfestival.org. All right. Thank you. I, I do have one more question for you all. Like your sisters and when you were growing up, was it just hard to deal with Rose's giggling? <laughs> So the audience will most likely not have heard it all. Rosa was really giggly. She's giggling so hard, she's tearing up. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm passing the, the interviewer mic to, should I pass it to Rosa? <laughs> okay, yeah, pass it on to me. Okay, Okay. there you go. Thank you. <laughs> you know, actually, my camp name was Giggles. <laughs> like a junior high camp? It was this camp that they still run, and it's called Camp Okaizu. Okay. And it's in the Bay Area. Every counselor had a nickname. And you just went by nickname the whole time. That's hilarious. But the, the Giggles didn't start there. It started <laughs> yeah. way before then. <laughs> I remember she would come bounding over to the door when I would come home from kindergarten, and I would have the rough day at school because you know English was my second language and it was exhausting to sit in a classroom and listen to all that English and so I would come home in a bad mood and Rosa would come bounding over with giggles non-stop and ask me about my day and I'd be so annoyed that I would scratch her on her face to get her away from me so that's so mean, mean. <laughs> but you're all better now. I, I, I can attest. I read a whole paper about it. You're, you're <laughs> Later on. Yeah, yeah. It's so funny. 
All right, all right, let's, let's go. Let's interview our author here on the set. The question we want to ask you, Jean, is what kinds of things happened for you as an author because of the pandemic, when with everything oh, shutting man. down? Yeah, I I had the either fortune or good for or or not so good fortune of publishing two books during Shelter in Place, and that was not mm, planned right. by any means. I mean, you're not even supposed to publish two big books in one year, right? Mm -hmm. But I was running so far behind on the deadlines for one of them that it got pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and that's just what happened. (laughs) The two books were um, Dragon Hoops, which I both wrote and drew, graphic novel, my first nonfiction graphic novel, and then uh, Superman Smashes the Clan from DC Comics, which I worked with uh, an art team called Guri Hero on. Um, Dragon Hoops came out in March and the Superman book came out in May. Dragon Hoops, I was actually supposed to go on a two-week book tour. Probably the biggest book tour of my career. Yeah, can you say what happens on a book tour typically? Well, a, a book tour, I mean, the, the publisher usually works on it for months, maybe even close to a year, so planning it out. And what they want is they want to get you to book festivals. They want you to get you to schools and to uh, libraries to talk about your book, you know, to, to kind of build interest mm-hmm. and, to, and to build a community around it, to mm-hmm. talk about the themes of the book. And not every author gets it. Like, I've, I've had books come out where I didn't get a tour and books come out where I did. So it's a big deal to get it, right? And they put so much work into it, especially for this book. They were behind it 100%. Mm-hmm. And I remember, like, reading the news about the coronavirus and wondering if I should cancel the book tour. At the time, it felt like a crazy idea to even cancel. But then I sat down with a friend of mine named Jason Shiga, who's also a cartoonist. He does a book called Meanwhile, which is amazing. He does another book called Demon, which is not kid-appropriate at all. Not even appropriate for certain adults. Oh. But still brilliant. It's like just super violent and crazy. But it, it's, it, it's really brilliant. But Jason was a math major in college. And he works a lot of those math ideas into his his books, which is why he's like our nerdy 17-year-old son's favorite cartoonist. Oh, interesting. Yeah, not not his father, but (laughs) Jason Chiga. Anyways, (laughs) anyways, I hung out with him. I hung out, like, that was one of the last times I hung out with somebody who was not blood-related to me, right? I hung out with him um, because we did an event together at the California College of the Arts, and afterwards, he like showed me this graph, this exponential graph of how he thought the virus was going to go. So I canceled. It was really hard, but we were able to pivot. One of the things that I appreciate most about the book community is that, I mean, we're a relatively small community, right? Especially when you're talking about just children's books. Mm-hmm. It's a fairly small community, but because it's small, because people are in it really just for the passion, books are not a great way to make money. I don't know if anybody knows that. So people in books are not in there for anything other than passion, but when you have a small, passionate group of people, they're able to pivot pretty quickly. So we turned the the book tour into a virtual tour. I did a whole series of Instagram posts where I tried to simulate like the, the book tour experience for folks. And then um, I did a whole bunch of virtual visits with the schools and with the libraries and with the book festivals that I was supposed to visit. Yeah, I remember that time because you took over our daughter's room and made that into your studio where you would broadcast. And we would be shushing our kids in the background because, you know, you're live on the set. Yeah, kind of like how we are for this podcast. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, I think virtually you get to reach an audience that you probably would not have been able to when mm -hmm. you're physically present. Yeah. And that's one yeah. great thing about yes. the internet and social media. Yeah. Yeah, we noticed that. I mean, I did a I did a uh, panel with a bunch of other cartoonists for I think it was for Comic Con, right? Mm -hmm. And it was not about superheroes. It wasn't about the, you know, latest like Marvel movie or anything like that. It was about teamwork as expressed in literary graphic novels. So a panel like that at actual physical Comic-Con would maybe attract, I don't know, like if you're on, on a good day, maybe a hundred people. Mm -hmm. But we got like several thousand views. Mm -hmm. And I, I just don't think that would have happened. Yeah. Yeah. The same is true for our book festival. We were, we were limited to the presenters who were available locally. And last year was the first year we were able to reach out to authors who lived outside the Bay Area. So that's how Catherine Otoshi was able to join us yeah. from Southern California. And this year, Matt De La Pena is able to join us also from Southern California. Yeah. yeah. And even, uh, and even Cherie, Lisa Brown. Yeah, Cherie. In, Cherie, I think, is in Los Angeles. Oh, she's in Los Angeles. Yeah, but even Lisa Brown, who's in San Francisco, mm -hmm. who's in, she's not that far away, but she's super busy. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it would have happened if it right. was... In person, yeah. Right. Yeah. So she had that great book come out last year, yeah. Phantom Twin. Yes, that was so great. Yeah, yeah. Creepy and also really heartfelt. Yeah. yeah. Now her art is just amazing. Yeah. I do think that we've been really lucky, right? The the pandemic has been difficult, but mm -hmm. it's been much easier for us than for a lot of other folks. Mm -hmm. But but what I what I've been just very thankful for is the creativity of the people in books, uh, bookstores and libraries and, and teachers. Yeah, yeah, we're so grateful that creators have not given up on their art. Oh, they're producing. I think it was the opposite. Amazing work. Yeah. They came out with a lot more this year, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And for our young authors to see that being modeled for them, that authors are still producing work and books are still getting published during yeah. the pandemic, I think is a great testament to hard work and you just keep at it. You know, talking with my other writer and artist friends, I know that there are some folks, I, I guess I would include me in this group too. A lot of creatives have had a harder time making books during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. You know, and it wasn't just the pandemic. It was like everything, right? It was like George Floyd. It was, it was uh -huh. 2020 was just so rough on a, a, a billion different ways. <laughs> and a lot of that just gets into your brain. I, I do think that artists tend to be warriors. And I, do you want to say more that. about that, Jane? <laughs> warriors, yeah. not warriors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I should say it this warts. way. Yeah. <laughs> Our artists, creatives maybe in general, tend to be prone to worry. Anxiety. Yeah. Because because I, I think part of it is a job, right? Like you're supposed to imagine possibilities. And when you do that for the real world, especially when you're in the middle of a pandemic and there are like police shootings and stuff going around, mm -hmm. like the the possible worlds in your head, the possibilities in your head are all almost all negative. Mm -hmm. So But I do remember you said two podcasts ago that some of the best story ideas come from problems. Like yeah. deep, deep emotional that's right. That's right. This is my prediction is within the next couple of years, as storytellers and artists, creatives in general, wrap their heads around what we are going through, what we're at the tail end of that we're going to see this. We're going to see people wrestling with it, right? In in art and in our stories. And we're going to see a whole bunch of stuff come out from that. I, I agree. Oh, it's already I, starting to come yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. It's already yeah. starting to come out. You're right. And you know, even Amanda Gorman, who spoke at the inauguration, 
she was not done with her inaugural speech, her poem. And when the Capitol riots happened, she tweaked it and included that in her speech as it was happening. Creatives do wonderful things with some of the deepest problems. Some of the most beautiful things come out of pain or suffering. Mm -hmm. For sure. Not to be too highfalutin about it, but I do think that that's part of the work of an artist, right? Is to kind of... Did you just say highfalutin? Yeah, isn't that a word? That's a word, right? (laughs) Can you define highfalutin (laughs) for us, please? Does it mean like a little snooty? Like, not to be... That's what I should have said, Rosa. (laughs) Not to be too snooty about it. But I do think one of the jobs of an artist... Like, I, I think when you're working through your pain on a page... In some ways, you're helping other people work through their pain as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because readers identify with the writers. Yeah. Yeah. But that's why writing is so, I mean, art in any form is mm-hmm. so hard because you're really putting yourself out there yeah. and in it. Yeah, it can be really draining for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think teaching can be draining too. They're just draining in very different ways. Well, teaching is an art too. Teaching is an art. No, because yeah. you're putting your whole self into it. Yeah. So to end our session today, we would like to ask Jean the final question. What advice would you give to your 21-year-old self? I thought about this to my 21-year-old self. If I could travel back in time and talk to my younger self, I would say, don't worry so much. It's all going to work out. Ah. It's all going to work out. I know you're like, you think it's Can you tell that to your present self too? (laughs) I know. You're right. You're right. You're right. I remember all the things that I was really worried about when I was in my 20s, right? In my early 20s especially, I was worried about my career. I was worried about my A vocation at the time, which was comics. I was worried about, like, there, there was this girl that I really, really liked. And she broke up with me in my early 20s. And I was like... I was like super worried about it. I mean, it all worked out, right? All all that stuff that I was worried about worked out. I was worried about like, I was living with a bunch of other guys. We were getting into conflicts. I was worried about my friendships. But now, 20 years later, more than 20 years later, that girl decided that she wanted to marry me, which was awesome. <laughs> and then the whole comics thing worked out into a career, which I was never expecting. I was just going to do it as a hobby all the way through. And then teaching, I ended up having like, an amazing... 17-year run at, uh, at Bishop Dowd. I feel like that time was so formative for me as a human being. Definitely. And all those friends, all those friends that I lived with, we're, we're still in touch. We still hang out once a year. You might have not even come out with that last graphic novel had you not had that no experience. Way. Oh, for sure. No down. way. Yeah, Dragon yeah. Hoops. Yeah, Dragon Hoops, there's no way. Yeah, that was, that was sort of... I felt like my entire 17 years got put into that book. Mm-hmm. Even though it's only about when. To just keep telling yourself, everything's going to work out. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't get how the Kim sisters don't worry so much. Like, what's your secret? (laughs) Because we know everything's going to work out. But how? It doesn't turn out the way you wish it had turned out sometimes. But it always still turns out. Yeah. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Meet more authors at the Young Authors Book Festival held this May 2021. Register at youngauthorsbookfestival.org. Thanks again to singer-songwriter Michael Ryther for his inspirational song. You can connect with him at michaelreithermusic.com slash blog. We'll be back next week. Be sure to subscribe to the Graphic Campus Podcast. Goodbye.